0: Hello, everyone. I'm Tracy Koga, and welcome to Hue at Home. What if? Those two words played heavy on my mind and my husband's over the past weekend. He hadn't been feeling well for over a week, so he decided to go get a COVID test. He didn't have all of the symptoms, but he wanted to be safe and sure. So he went, got tested, came home, sat on the couch, and we thought, what if? So we went through where we had been, contact tracing, and we really realized that we had been so diligent. We followed all the guidelines and the rules, did as we were told, and above all, very careful. So, what if? Fortunately, the results came back, and the test was negative. There was like a weight was lifted off our shoulders instantly, but I still thought, there are people living their lives out there like there is no pandemic. COVID is a hoax and I really, really want to say I would never wish this past weekend on anyone. It was stressful, full of anxiety and I will say fear. So we are now in new lockdowns, new restrictions, which may anger some people, but it is for our own safety. It is for our safety to be also healthy and to be able to live a full and wonderful summer. So I'm hoping everybody is abiding by the rules. You sure are. Stay safe and healthy everyone. But there are a lot of good stories and we're gonna have some on Hue at home today, including this interview with a beautiful young talented singer-songwriter, Liana Oki. She shares her story and how music has really helped her not only through this pandemic, but through her life. And once again, through the beauty of virtual TV, we are going to the home of Liana Oki in Thornhill, Ontario, under lockdown again, Liana. But you know what? It is so good to meet you. And young lady, your voice is unbelievable. And let's get right into it. Um, how? Did you get into music, and music wasn't, I guess, not always like your in your life, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always loved music. I've loved singing and just listening to music from you know as long as I can remember. But music became a very um, central part of my life um, at the beginning of my uh, university. Um, where I picked up the guitar, I wrote my first song, and from that point on, I just could not stop writing music, and it was just my way of expressing myself and, um, it just became my main passion from that point. But even before, I would always try to like sing in talent shows and um, just like sing all the time, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but I took it more seriously when I actually started writing my own music.
0: Do you remember? Well, obviously, you would remember your very first song. What was uh, the
1: story behind it? Mm-hmm. So my first song is called Mayhem, and. I wrote it after I was dealing with a bit of heartbreak from like my <laughs> my first official relationship in freshman year, um, and it was a it's about kind of longing for someone to reciprocate their love for you. It's a more of a somber song, obviously, but <laughs> it I was really proud of myself because the moment I you know, learn the guitar. It just came so naturally and I wrote this chord progression and then I performed the song at my university and I just gained a lot of confidence after that experience and that just pushed me to keep writing and writing that year.
0: Well and what is it now about music that you feel so passionately about Liana now that you've grown more and written more songs?
1: Yeah so I mean I I gain inspiration from all different sources. Um, A lot of my songs are about feelings and just emotions that are difficult for me to kind of put into words and just very personal experiences that are hard for me to kind of talk about to someone else. Um, Some are related to just mental health related, issues and relationship issues. Uh, I've been trying to write some more positive music <laughs> recently or just music that has more of a lighthearted, brighter feel to it. But mm. yeah, that's kind of the main inspiration of my music. I It's, as I call it, my form of therapy. So I like to talk about or sing about more personal topics.
0: Aww. Well, and on a more personal note, there's not a lot of young Asian women in the music industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know what? We don't know yet, but my guess is that you have a very bright future. You could be, or maybe right now, you are considered a role model for other Asian women. What is it, Liana? Why is it so hard? And why aren't there more women of color you know, coming forth in the music world?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like for a long time in the entertainment and music industry, it's been, you know, dominated by more um, Western like people that, you know, are you know, not from a minority group. And I think just because it's been like that for so long, there's less space for uh, us and other minorities to kind of shine through. Um, And I don't know, I mean, like, I, I do know some other Asian artists that, you know, are trying and working on music and trying to put it out. But I think it's just, the, how the industry has been for so long and maybe us as a culture are more reserved and less, you know <laughs> um, I guess confident to put out our, our work even when we feel proud of it. So mm-hmm. I hope that changes in the near future.
0: <laughs> well, I think I and I hope so too. And I think one of the ways to do that is just to pump out and, and keep your music out there and relevant, right? Uh, and not be afraid. Your current song, Sink, is beautiful. Is there a story behind that
1: one? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the most vulnerable song I've ever written because I wrote it during a very difficult time in my life where I felt very isolated and just alone in my thoughts. And I didn't understand really how to make sense of it, and I thought, like, the only way I can get these emotions out or just feel relief is to write a song about it, and I thought that the metaphor of sinking into the sea was very, a very good representation, kind of, of how I was feeling, because, you know, when you're underwater, you're voiceless, and you feel trapped and kind of helpless, so that's how I was feeling in that time
0: in my life but well, hopefully yeah. hopefully you're not now and, no. and and I guess too um it's this COVID pandemic isolation obviously has given you a lot of chance to write and to create more music but for you personally Liana how has it been you're a young person energetic vibrant university student and now your world has just become so closed right mm-hmm. how right. have you coped
1: yeah, it's been quite tough, to be honest. Um, I am more of a social person and I love going to the city downtown and just kind of walking around and just being around you know, ener- high energy. And so um, at first I, I felt very motivated to just make the most out of all this free time I had. And I was kind of excited actually, just to focus on myself. But you know, it's been so long. It's been over a year that we've been dealing with this. So, it's definitely become more challenging over the recent months, and you know, feeling very restless and just like less hope that things are going to get better faster. But uh, you know, we try to keep positive, and I've got a great um, group of family and friends around me that. You know are there for me so i'm i'm very grateful for that
0: well and i guess for you if you want to give any words of advice to any young woman that wants to enter the music world what is something that you've learned that you would pass on
1: that's a great question um yeah i would say if it's something you love you genuinely love and are passionate about do it, like, no question, because, you know, we only have one life as far as we know, and what's the point in, you know, ignoring something that you truly love to do? Mm -hmm. Like, I know there's all this outside noise and all these other things that run through one's mind when they put out work um, to the public, like, you know, how many people are going to like it, or you know, how successful am I going to be? But at the end of the day, you know, it should be about what you love to do. And, you know, why are you doing it? If you love music, and, you know, it's something that, you know, keeps you happy and looking forward to life, it's totally worth it. And then everything else, you know, comes after, so.
0: (laughs) Success and everything. Uh, Well, it has been so wonderful to meet you. And uh, I know that you're going to leave us with a little treat, an acoustic.
1: Yes, I'm going to try. I actually have my electric guitar today (laughs) just to create a a more rich sound. (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to do a performance of sync. you and thank you so much tracy for having me
0: oh it's been a pleasure here she is liana with sync Welcome back to Hugh at Home. We'll have another great clip from our conversation, the Hugh virtual chat. This week we talked about whether it's okay to let things slide sometimes, not be so quick and stressed out to answer to everything. Let it marinate. So there's some interesting ideas that come out in that conversation. But first, I've waited 10 years to do this. So now I put my hands in my expert Kim And we transform my former brows into something quite magnificent. You have convinced me
2: (laughs) to do this finally. to,
0: To do this finally. I have now officially ditched my eyebrow pencil, everybody. I threw it in the garbage before I came here. It was a little bit daunting, a little bit scary. Yeah. Okay, so tell me exactly what you're going to be doing today.
2: Okay, so uh, right now you've been numbing. Mm -hmm. And um, for about 30 minutes now,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um, that's to make sure that you don't feel any of the procedure or any discomfort during the procedure. Uh, We're going to take all that off. And then we're gonna map you. We mm-hmm. use uh, a method called string mapping. Mm-hmm. So it's a scored thread that we make a whole bunch of lines to create symmetry on your brows. Whoa. Um, and then after that, I show you in a mirror mm-hmm. um, what it looks like, the outline of the brows that we're gonna be doing. And then after that, we start with a procedure. Okay, let's do this. Okay, oh
3: mm-hmm.
0: my God. <laughs>
2: The procedure itself doesn't take very long, but you are getting a combination brow, which is microblading, which is a manual way of implanting hair-like strokes into the skin, and then a a mix of um, shading to Mm. give that powdered look. Oh, wow.
0: very nice, oh my goodness Over the weekend, uh, long story short, my husband hadn't been feeling well for a little over the week. He decided that he was going to go get a COVID test um, just to be safe and sure, Uh, but it was that time like when he was going to get the test when he came home and then we sat there and it was all this what if, what if, what if, and the stress and anxiety in those 24 hours before we found out that he was negative, I cannot describe, and you know, and it kind of has a lingering fact. You know, here, you know, it, it's a test negative, and yay, a, a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. Um. Yeah, and then I want to introduce everybody to Geraldine. Hello, Linda. So good to see you. Um, Hi. Um. Uh, it's kind of and sort of like the topic that I kind of want to talk about Uh, Geraldine emailed me back and apologized saying sorry or whatever last week you know I just wanted to let things marinate you know I just wasn't myself and everything like that and I've seen posts where people just they now literally say sorry either you know mentally I'm just not there or you know I just kind of let things slide so are you seeing more of this robin now, I mean, or I or is it just becoming more of a common thing with everybody? You know, I thank God today was sunny because I don't know, I think I would have gone ballistic if I woke up to another gray, cold, cloudy day and let alone have snow falling.
4: Look, I I think the accumulation has an impact on people. I think when this this is my personal view, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's about what it's worth. That's the scientific evidence, me thinking what I think. Um, I, I think when this all started, people were like, oh, a couple of months, we'll be good. <laughs> and then, you know, we were like hanging in there and hanging in there. And then Manitoba, we hit the big restrictions because things were going crazy. And everyone was like, well, I can dig it in here. I'm not doing great, but I can dig it in. I can see like the end. We'll just hang in there, and uh, yeah, people weren't feeling great. I, um, I'm with you. I had the app tell me a few months ago in the middle of that second wave, you've hung out with someone, and I'm like, I've been anywhere. What the hell? in no, yeah. the Grocery <laughs> store. I stood in line. Did the person behind me stand too close? Um, and that was. I think it was two days before Christmas. I was completely freaked Um, because, you know, predominantly with my heart condition, Mm -hmm. I'm dead. And I was like, oh. And I think, I think, A, people are talking about it more because it, like we're, like lots of people are struggling with the ongoingness of this right mm-hmm. and yes we see vaccination but then we hit this and we're like who's the numb nuts hanging this is me who's <laughs> the idiots hanging out together who are those numb nuts like why can't they just stop it and then I'm like okay people are doing what they're doing to get through a tough situation and I have to remember that and I have mm-hmm. to have Compassion that um, like people may have different views on me and I, I I, think it's the fatigue of something going on and on and on and people are more prepared to talk about it because more people are saying I'm not okay and mm-hmm. I'm not having a great time and I need a break. Like truth be told, or well, I'm going to share, um, Like on Sunday, I curled up on the couch and I was hysterical all day because I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever see my mom again, right? My mom's 85 this year. Will I ever Mm. see her again? Will I ever get to touch the ground of my country again? Like, and I built a life where I traveled. I traveled between six and nine months a year for the last 20 years. And all of a sudden... February 26th last year it was like and I got my energy from traveling and hiding in a hotel but <laughs> like traveling and seeing people and my friends are across the world and I created this world where I would go and see them once every year or two. I have no idea when I'm going to see my close friends again. I've moved to Winnipeg. I spend so much time working on my business. I didn't create close friends here. I have, like I didn't create a network and the other day it completely overwhelmed me and I was like the person I'm dating called me and I was just sobbing and I was like, I work in mental health. Why can't I deal with this? What am I? And, and she said, like you have created this life of movement and it stopped in a heartbeat and maybe if you allow yourself to feel like that you'll feel a bit better and I did right and I I, you know it's still lingering there but but I think the more we talk about it the more we hear that other people are are struggling too and, and it and being with each other and bearing witness and hearing each
5: other out is the place that will hopefully get us all through this. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> um, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you, Tracy, for, for responding so swiftly to, to my email to you yesterday. And I wasn't expecting to be here today, but Yay! I'm pleased. Like, so um, I'm an executive coach. And I have my own practice, and I see clients one-on-one, uh, predominantly women. Um, I am also a coach with a woman in the States who was my mentor and my coach, and she runs a program called Great Big Journey. Her name is Steph Jagger, and uh, I, run her pro- I work with her on that program. Um, and uh, I'm launching a couple of other programs, which I might tell you about later, and one that caught your eye. Uh, Tracy called in the clearing creating space for women's intuition so um, but it's so interesting Robin you pretty much nailed everything that could be said about the state of how we're all feeling these days right um, and and the the notion of, of self-care and stepping back and um, I think that was a post I made recently Tracy which caught your eye and it's I think even more than allowing ourselves permission self-care it's not allowing self-abandonment um not to give over of ourselves when there's no gas in the tank and um to know what those things are that replenish us and refuel us and there's so much energy movement happening in the world so much polarity and that creates all kinds of um, reactions and emotions and intensities and whatnot all and we like we're so polarized about everything, and I think we won't know as you know what Robin was talking about earlier I don't think we're going to know the impact of this time for each each of us until sometime down the road when you know we can see things twenty twenty so the importance and the value of what I coach with clients about is, can you slow down? What if you just slow down, moved slower, um, moved more quietly, um, dropped some things off the plate? Um, you know, to borrow um, a well-said phrase from Glenn and Doyle's book, Untamed, be prepared to disappoint as many people as it takes so that you don't disappoint yourself. Um and I think, you know, for for some of us, for women especially, maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure, but there's this mentality that we can't disappoint. That 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 somehow that, that's wrong to disappoint other people, that that you're here to live up to everyone's expectations of you. And I, I think that's a messed up message (laughs) and i think i think that's one we can afford to shed
0: you know welcome back i really do want to give a big thank you to kim at eye candy lash for my eyebrows uh ladies i totally recommend it and there is a sense of freedom when you can throw away the eyebrow pencil coming up though hue productions is so proud to be part of healing hearts it's in partnership with Immigration Partnership Winnipeg and knowledge keeper Clayton Sandy. On our last show, we met a beautiful woman, Dusty Seymour, and she shares her own personal story about her business, Indigo Arrows.
6: Um, yes, Tracy, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here and, and hear about uh, the other businesses. And yes, it was this past year has been so tough. Um, so my name is Destiny Seymour. I, I, I'm i an interior designer. I'm from Winnipeg. My family is from Peguis First Nation and uh, I grew up here in Winnipeg. I worked in an architecture firm for um, over 10 years. Loved it. Uh, loved my co-workers. But the thing that um, I guess for me when I was working, I wanted to put fabrics and uh, textiles and and just products that showcased Manitoba's history so indigenous people from Manitoba and um, how I started kind of looking back and trying to figure out how to do that uh, was when I was visiting the Manitoba Museum a good a friend of mine works there Uh, he's an archaeologist there and he was showing me some of the pottery pieces and Manitoba actually Southern Manitoba has a very rich ceramics history so we're talking like over 3000 like thousands of years of pots cooking pots and storage (laughs) food storage pots like for corn and squash and um and they have amazing patterns that are stamped at the top of the pot and these patterns change and over the years like you know for a thousand years there'll be this type of pattern and another thousand years this type of pattern and they're trying to figure out the stories behind them and the teachings behind them but what really struck me was that I I I never really knew about these patterns or this history and um this history that actually like where my ancestors are from Mm -hmm. and so that's what sort of like was the starting point for me But I'm an interior designer and architecture is mainly, uh, you're at the computer all day long. (laughs) It's not making fabrics and and things like that. So I had to learn how to um, create these fabrics. So I started taking uh, silkscreen classes at Martha Street Studio in the evenings. Um, I have a very supportive partner. Um, My husband, he was like, yeah, go for it, do it. We had two little girls. So, yeah, it was awesome. Like I, a couple nights a week, I would go and learn how to print. Um, So it took a couple of years of making prototypes, um, sourcing fabric, all that kind of stuff. And uh, in 2016, I quit my day job. Um, I still work very closely with um, the architecture firm that I was with. Uh, So I became a consultant, a design consultant, and at the same time started developing a, I guess, a home goods brand. So looking at creating table linens, so table tea towels, napkins, table runners, um, pillows, and uh, reviving these patterns that are thousands of years old. Um, And so I didn't know that one day I'd be a tea towel maker, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I I did. I became a tea towel maker and uh, I just I love it. And so here's a picture of one of the napkins. This pattern here is over 400 years old. It's from an elk antler bone scraper tool. So the tool is mm-hmm. about that long. And all of the patterning was carved around this tool and um, uncovered in one of the uh, archaeological digs. And uh, it's at the museum now. And this pattern here is these are the pottery patterns. Those would be stamped uh, around the rim of the pot. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I don't do an exact replica of the pattern. I, I it's inspired by the pattern and then I kind of create my patterns are very minimal Um, So everything's on linen and so this pattern here is over 3000 years old and this is actually directly from where my family is from the land where my family um, is and this here is a uh, table runner and it's the same pattern. So all the patterns are also named in Anishinaabemowin. Mm-hmm. And so it's reviving language. Uh, this pattern is called Niswe. All the patterns, my dad uh, helped me name the patterns and they're actually quite simple. Uh, the first one you saw there was called Bejig. Bejig means one in Anishinaabemowin. So they were. this was the first pattern I started sketching and designing and, <clears throat> and creating. So these fabrics are now, um, I get them printed on large rolls um, so that I can get color. So this is full um, color on linen. Um, It's a Canadian company in Ontario. So I guess I can kind of talk about a little bit about when COVID happened, like all the shipments shut down for me. Um, I used to do pop-ups at the local markets and that's kind of where I would ramp up for like the spring market. summer markets and then of course fall was my really busy time and so um yeah fabrics just the shipments just stopped and uh I thought okay well I still did I was still doing architecture so I have all my products or my projects but um the pop-ups ended of course and um and then the fabric I just but what happened was really crazy is because everyone was home my sales went up, but I had no no stock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a little tough. And so trying to figure out um, also Martha Street Studio where I was printing fabrics because I still hand print. Um, this is like one of the uh, pieces that I use to create screens. Um, but Martha Street Studio closed down. They weren't open to the public or even renters. Um, and so I had to Change things here in our home. I'm in the basement right now, and uh, my husband helped me set up sort of a home studio. So I was printing at home once the fabrics would come in. So yeah, it's, it was just uh, very, very different. Um, but yeah, my whole I guess Indigo Arrows is all about this is the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but what one thing that I guess the positive thing my ten year old daughter took this photo. Oh, <laughs> she, um she's really she got into photography, she wanted, we were spending more time together because we took Mm -hmm. them out of school. So she started um, taking photos and just being with me. Yeah. And so the whole, actually the whole reason I started Indigo Arrows too was it was really tough um, every Sunday evening, knowing I had to get back to work and, you know, just not having that a flexible job and in case I had to be home with them. So yeah, they, they kind of inspired my whole business. And so now to have her be involved in, yeah. My other one is like, bah, I don't want I don't <laughs> want anything to do with it.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, at least you have one of them. Oh, no, it's like, what a beautiful story. And um, just a way too, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, when your father is helping you name these and what it means not only to you, but to them. And then when you hold a napkin or, you know, you place your table runner on your table. I I think definitely they're, they're, you must feel like a different connection, right, on
6: a different level. Like it's not just... Yeah. Yeah. Something very Uh, special. Yeah, my parents, you know, they're survivors of uh, residential school, Mm -hmm. so, you know, for them growing up, not being able to speak their language, you know, the family connections, uh, not being able to talk to their brothers or sisters. Um, so all those kinds of things and just going home once a year so um yeah having my dad involved he's still really involved um he just like having fun with him like naming the patterns um the only thing is I can't have him at pop-ups because uh he gets really mad if people don't buy anything <laughs> so you'll see this this little guy they like just mad at me yeah. so he's not allowed to come to pop-ups anymore but Aww. um yeah so he's it's it's quite yeah my parents are really happy also like we have the patterns all over the house when i was mm-hmm. in architecture um i really couldn't find indigenous like canadian indigenous design mm-hmm. or designers that were also in magazines or books, um, things like that. So I've been very fortunate these over these last, like these four years that I've been in business that I, I've been in magazines. Um, and so I show my daughters and I'm like, look at this, this is what, you know, so they're not that impressed. They actually bar- bar- barely even glance at it, <laughs> but I think later they'll appreciate later. it. Yes,
0: yeah. very,
6: you know, and that that's gonna be coming soon, so soon. But be yourself. Oh. Like, if, see yourself in a space or your culture to see the beauty of it and and uh, I think that's like what drives me and what pushes me to keep going even though I don't feel like printing some days or mm-hmm. you know, so now it's kind of growing where I can hire people to help print
0: we want to give a big special thank you to all of our guests on today's show and leave you with this question What is the one thing that you will do as soon as restrictions and lockdowns are through? We really want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or message us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikehugh. Now we're going to leave you with the beautiful music video, Sync, by Liana Oki. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home.
7: Listening. This has been a production of IlikeQ.com. Podcast distribution
0: from the Sound Off Media Company.
7: I'm Matt Cundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent almost 400 stories all for free subscribe or follow the sound off podcast on apple podcasts spotify amazon music or at soundoffpodcast.com do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready and Jackie Hollowayati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods and on the Crier Media Network.
0: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.